Ooh, welcome back to the Highway Industry and Sports Podcast. Whoa! My Whoa. name is Andrew. I'm here with my co-host Garrett. And week four is officially over. We are on to, oh, not officially over. We have one more game yet, but for us, with this podcast, it is over. We're on to week five. We got our weekly recap, our rookie report with a little added twist this week. And as always, the best sports segment in all of sports podcasts, the Flaming Five Wins of the Week for both Garrett and I. We have an update on that. It was a huge week for me. We'll get all into that with today's episode. How's it going? You good? I'm good. I'm you, great. You, you feeling okay? Yeah. You, you're, you're good? Yeah. Everything's good. How about okay. yourself? Uh, you know, you know. last night was rough for me. I, I was... I, it was a roller coaster of emotions as I felt it was going to be. But, uh, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm here. I got my Brady jersey on. Patriots Brady jersey on. And... Uh, I'm going to power through. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through this one. I'm not going to get too emotional about what happened last night. I'm just going to be try to stay calm. We'll see. Can we time how long it takes me to get fired up? Because I feel like it's going to take like eight minutes tops. I don't know. I don't really see a reason for you to get fired up. I don't have anything this week that's going to grind your gears, I think. Last week it was Lions-Ravens. If, this you, week. if you make me talk about <laughs> anything like that ever again, the show might not go on, to be honest. I think we'll be all right. But... Let's jump into the uh, week four recap. You want to just get the big one out of the way yeah, to let's, start? Let's let you uh, blow your load a little bit. Well, no, done. actually, let's hear from your perspective. Give me your perspective on last night's game. The Buccaneers beat the Patriots 19-17 to Sunday Night Football. Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. He sets the all-time NFL passing yards record. He will officially not go back and forth with Drew Brees anymore. It's his... Give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts on the entire game. Well, first, I, I, I want to say the 1-3 record of the New England Patriots says the very, very minimal about the team as, as a whole. Realistically, they are one of the better teams in football. Their defense, defense does something for them that other teams just don't have. I mean, they locked down the greatest quarterback of all time, held him to 19 points, and scoreless in, in two out of the four quarters yesterday. Mac Jones looked very, very good for a, a rookie quarterback against one of the better defenses in football. Mind you, their secondary was a little banged up, but we will get more into him later. The Patriots defense is one of the most underrated defenses in the league, and this is coming from a Steelers fan. I was very shocked with what I saw yesterday. They were able to do things to Tom Brady that teams haven't been able to do Probably ever. I'm not an old Tom Brady fan. I'm not a Tom Brady fan at all. I can't tell you what happened in from like 2000 to 2007 with Tom Brady. Maybe even a little bit later than that. But the defense did something to Tom Brady that we have never seen when he was in New England. And I was very impressed. The Buccaneers. Boy, was it wet. I mean, for both, for both, both ends of the game, it was wet, but... They were able to keep the ball away from the Patriots for the most part. They had a, a few bad kind of four and outs late in the game that gave the Patriots some some time to get themselves back in the game. Led Ended up getting the Patriots a game-winning field goal that I don't really agree with, with them attempting it, but the, the stats show that it might have been the smarter decision. I think you said earlier they were, what, two and nine? On yeah, they, they were two for nine on third down all night, and... You know, if, if I'm in Belichick's situation, Nick Folk has been really, really good for them. He had made 36 straight field goals. He was 3-for-4 from 50-plus. 
with the Patriots in the last two seasons. So, I mean, I always in Bill I trust. I do that thing. You know, if, if that's one, if that's his call in the moment, you know, I, I'm gonna stand behind it. I didn't love it. I texted you. I would have gone for it. You also texted me. You would have gone for it. And that was before the play happened. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, whatever. He makes that kick. Nick Folk's a hero and. Probably Tom Brady still gets him in field goal range and wins the game, but, you know, it is what it is. I had texted you with two and a half, three minutes left in the game, and I just said, how does this feel? Like, how does it feel to, to have happened to you what Tom Brady did to the rest of the... I, I had simplified it down to just the AFC, but the entirety of the NFL for 20, 20 years in, in New England, and you said, yeah, it really kind of doesn't feel very good. But he also didn't do it. Like, you didn't get the full yeah. force of, of Tom Brady on a two-minute drill. And it, we, like, I wish we did because even if, like you said, if Folk had nailed that kick, Tom Brady with, what, 50 seconds left? Fifty, Probably like 56 seconds. You would have felt He's it. He's getting in field goal and, range. And like, you would have felt the disappointment right. that every other NFL team fan has, has felt for the past 20 years. But you didn't get to feel it, so good for you. He still beats your team. He has now beat every single team in the NFL. Good for him. I still fucking hate the guy. Kid show. It's whatever. Well, I'm sitting there, and you did send me that text. You're like, how does this feel right now? And I'm like, he left us two minutes, though. Like, he didn't even do it to us. He only got the field goal. Like, the Tom Brady I know slits your throat, and it's done. He le- he either gets the field goal with no time left on the clock or gets the touchdown with, like, a minute to go, and there's no chance you can get it. He didn't do it. He left the door open for us. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, First of all, why was he going for those touchdown passes to, to AB? I didn't understand that on his part. Like, I get it. You just want to put the nail in the coffin and just end it. But, like, that's not a high-efficient throw. I mean, you're just probably not going to convert that. You haven't converted anything like that all night. And all of a sudden, that's the game plan. But, I mean, this game was literally lost because the Patriots shot themselves in the foot. I mean, they shot themselves in the foot. The fumble by J.J. Taylor, I think, was the biggest play of the game. I mean, they get the ball in Buccaneers territory on like the 40. And on the very first play of the drive, they flip it out to their second year running back and he just fumbles the ball and the Buccaneers take over. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like just as soon as they start getting something going, that happens. And then they get the fumble on the the punt and Matthew Slater gets called and it was the appropriate call. He was out of bounds way too long. You can't do that. It's unsportsmanlike, you know, whatever. But it's like, Jesus. I mean, every time they had a chance to, maybe put the Bucks away. They shot themselves in the foot and they couldn't get it done. Marlon Mack to the Patriots? I think they might have to look at that. I mean, I like J.J. Taylor. I like Ramondre Stevenson, but, you know, they're still really young and they're having ball security issues. I could see Marlon Mack. Um, I also could see a Todd Gurley signing, depending on his health. I don't know who else is out there, you know, but... They, they probably should be looking to add at least somebody as a pass-catching running back. They def, I mean, they missed James White last night. If, if they have James White last night, I think they win the game. I really, I really think if they had had one of the three between Stephon Gilmore, Trent Brown, or James White, I think they win the football game. Like, if they had, if they had had Gilmore, you could have had Gilmore on Godwin, who was killing us all night. I mean, they had three big plays to Godwin, and then... You know, Trent Brown, they couldn't run the ball. I mean, the Patriots are going to want to run the foot. That's what they're going to do this year is run the ball. And without Trent Brown against the best defensive line, basically against the run in football, 
They had negative one yards rushing. And it got to the point where it was like, you can't even run. It's just a waste of a down. Max spread it out. And like the first quarter and a half, they were like, oh, let's go, you know, 12 personnel, two tight ends, running back, two wide receivers, and try to run it. And it didn't work. Finally, they're like, all right, we give up. Mac, we're going to throw it every time. And he completed 19 straight passes, which ties Tom Brady's Patriots record, actually ties Tom Brady's career high for consecutive passes completed. So I thought that was pretty impressive. I, I thought Mac looked really good last night. That He outplayed Tom Brady. He outplayed him, I thought. I, I mean, I watched the whole game. Brady was missing throws that just he never misses. And it was pouring, but you can't say that it was just the rain because Mac wasn't having those problems in the rain, which thank God he can play in weather. <laughs> thank God. Like, that was the biggest thing. But I thought the game plan by Belichick was outstanding. Uh, he, he did stuff that... You know, if that's the book on how to beat Tom, I mean, that's the guy to get it from. That takes some very, very hard notes on how to do that. <laughs> granted, teams have been trying to do it for 22 years now, and it well, just hasn't been working. They never did the same thing twice. Everything, Every play was a different defensive call. And they got caught with too many men on the field a couple times because they were trying to sub. And, like, Brady caught him a couple times. He got him up to the line quick while they were still subbing, and he snapped it and, you know... So Brady did win a couple of those chess matches, and that timeout ended up costing them at the end there. That was, I think if they had had two timeouts, they might have gone for it on fourth down. But only having the one, you know, you don't want to line up there, try to get the snap, you know, try to draw them off sides, call the timeout. You know, that's a tough situation to be in. But we're, we're going to talk about Mac later, so I don't want to do a whole bunch on him. Um, do you have anything else on this game? I mean, you know, did you take anything away from the Buccaneers? No, not really. I uh, they they looked less than less than usual. I granted their their secondary was a little bit banged up. I a little bit isn't even the right words for it because a lot of it is the I right think words. Carlton Davis is gone for the year. Carlton Davis probably gone for the year. Antoine Winfield is also probably out for a couple of weeks, and I I don't know what else to say about the Bucks defense other than their their front front four front five. Front six that they even send sometimes is just unstoppable. It's stupid. I told you Vita Vea had like the most impressive play of the game last night. He basically bull rushed Michael Wainu, the left guard for the Patriots, and when he bull rushed him, he took out the left tackle, Isaiah Wynn, and that let Joe Tryon just have a straight line to Mac Jones. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Let's talk about how him him as a rookie just played a, a huge, huge role into that defense yesterday. He had what, three sacks on the day? I yeah I think he had three and, and it was a little bit at first I was like who is this who is this rookie like because they like all through the draft process we just said Joe Tryon and then they were giving us Joe Tryon and whatever I'm not whatever even his try second to name it. is and I was like who is this guy and they're like oh first round draft pick and I I just had to think back in my head I was like who I was like oh it's it's just Joe Tryon that's how he was that's how he was just known as by us but that's all I really have for this game. Let me throw a uh, a wrench into the machine that we have kind of set up right now for the our layout. I want to talk about the Steelers really fast, just because I'm a Steelers fan. Sure. I want to get your perspective on what's been going on with the team. First off, my opinion: Joe Hayden was not off not offsides. It doesn't matter. I'll take the loss. I just want it to be known that, in my opinion, I think he he timed it 100% perfect. Um, as an outsider, as a Patriots fan. Looking into the Steelers team, Mike Tomlin, Matt Canada, Steelers GM, name is blanking on me for a second, and then Rooney. What are your thoughts 
the whole whole team, Big Ben, defense, all of it. So who was the offensive? Todd Haley, right? Todd Haley was the previous offensive coordinator. Yes. Why did they get rid of him? They didn't like the offense that was being run under him. But then we hire Matt Canada, and the same offense is being run. Eleven personnel. It's the same, but it's actually worse. I think. Yes, I actually think the offensive play calling is worse. We watched the game yesterday. You are a Steelers fan. We also watched it with Jerry, our other Steelers fan friend, and they had a fourth and five, and they flipped it out wide to Najee, and it went for negative two yards. Yeah. Okay, it's fourth and five. And you threw it behind the line of scrimmage. Now, there's only a select few number of quarterbacks that are capable of doing that in NFL history, but we won't talk about that. But I just, I feel like Matt Canada's offense is terrible. And I think their GM actually does a good job. I don't know his name. Kevin Colbert. Kevin Colbert. Thank Colbert. you. Colbert. Colbert, know. whatever. I actually think he does a good job. You guys really draft well in general. I mean, look at the receiver talent that you guys have drafted. It's stupid. The defensive talent, come on. Devin Bush, TJ Watt, you know, you would have had uh, Ryan Shazier. Bud Dupree was drafted by them. I mean, yeah, the, the yes. list goes on and on. You know, they trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. That's a big trade. They've drafted some good offensive linemen over the years. You know, I don't think he's actually the problem. I have never been a big Mike Tomlin guy. I think that he inherited a team that was capable of winning a Super Bowl with or without him and has basically lived off of a Super Bowl run for over a decade now. But, you know, I just... The team's a mess. Ben, I said it last week, Ben's done. I think it's over. He's just gotten to the point where he can't move. He can't throw the ball downfield. He's basically a tree. He's a giant oak back there. That is pretty easy to tackle. They can't run the ball. Their offensive line is... It's not that it's terrible, but it's not good enough to run block at all. And Najee's basically just getting hit in the backfield on every single play. So I don't know how they're supposed to set up any kind of play action. Ben can't play under center. It's it's a mess. And, you know, Matt Canada's partially to blame for that. But at the same time, like, you can't ask the offensive coordinator to call plays that the quarterback can't you know, execute. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think the whole system kind of needs an imploding in my opinion. And whether that's getting rid of Mike Tomlin, which we're never going to get rid of Mike Tomlin. The Steelers since 69 have only had three coaches and I don't see us getting a fourth in 2022, 2023. So, but I don't know if Matt Canada is the answer. I don't think he's going to get fired after week, after year one. He'd probably get year two unless it doesn't work out. Everyone has been posting that video of Aaron Rodgers and Mike Tomlin kind of smiling back and forth at each other. I don't think it matters. If Aaron Rodgers comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I will be. I will jump for joy. I, I will. I will be the happiest person alive, and then I think it makes us say what you want, instant Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I mean, anybody that has yeah. Aaron Rodgers on their team is a contender. So if that happens, sure, then then the whole system's probably going to be changed because Aaron Rodgers right now is five times the quarterback Big Ben is. But right now the Steelers just aren't working. I don't know if you think Ben should be dropped, or not dropped, but benched right I've, now. I said that last week. I would have benched him already. Okay, I think it's over. I, it's just don't, And it's, it's not that, like, Roethlisberger can't have some good moments because... When you're great, 
and you know my personal opinions of Ben Roethlisberger. I've never thought he was incredible, but he's a great quarterback. I'm not going to say he's not. But you can always find some times where you can summon up a good game, but eventually like you can't do it. Like Peyton Manning at the end, he could have a great moment or a great drive, but he couldn't put five games together in a row. You know, he was still Peyton Manning, but it's like he's good for maybe two. You're going to get two drives out of him, and then that's about it. And I just think that Ben is at the point where, I mean, come on, it's not like the Packers' defense is good. I mean, they're they're middle of the road. They're not they're not top ten. They're nowhere near the top ten in defense, and they basically struggled to put up points all day yesterday. I mean, the Packers, the whole fourth quarter is like when you hit the chew clock button on Madden. That's what the Packers were in the whole fourth quarter. I mean, I, I could have understood if there was six minutes to go when they were in that situation. It was the entire fourth quarter because the Steelers can't put up points because Ben can't execute anything. Nothing down the field is possible for them. It's, they just cannot throw the ball downfield. It's, it's not going to work. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. That's all I really wanted to ask you about that organization at the moment. Let's move on to what used to be known as the number one team in football who might have a bottom five defense in football. Oh, we're going right here, right yes. now? Okay. Let's right, talk cool. about the Kansas City Chiefs for a second. What I, game that was yesterday? Yeah, no I, punts. Yeah, let's let's also talk about how how Jalen Hurts actually looks like a legitimate quarterback with a kind of makeshift offensive line. But this will also kind of segue itself into what I have to say about the Chiefs. The Chiefs' defense is absolutely terrible. The Chiefs are going to have to put up forty plus points every single game to win games because their defense is just that bad. Teams are able to do whatever they want, whenever they want, because they have no help outside of Tyron Matthew in their front four, and their front four isn't even that good. I just don't see the Chiefs. I, I'm looking over here at our board. I see Bucks Chiefs on your end. Spelt wrong, producer Romine. Um, I just don't think it's it's really their favorite right now. I don't think that – not that they've dropped off of my Super Bowl contender, but I think that they are – maybe out of the top two in the AFC for Super Bowl chance just because their defense isn't going to be a hold up, be able to hold up that long. So I've said for, I think, three weeks now, this will be week three, their defense is atrocious. It's it's bad. I mean, you just said that you think Jalen Hurts might actually be a good NFL quarterback. Well, last week against the Cowboys, who we're going to talk about their defense in a little bit, he was terrible. I mean, he was atrocious last week. Well, that's why I said it, it, it could be a... A part of this Chiefs defense yeah, just looking I mean, bad. But. I think the Chiefs defense is just horrendous. They can't cover downfield. They basically have to sell out to try to get a turnover. They, they have to sell out to try to get a turnover because they know they can't stop you. So the only chance they have of getting a, a, the ball back is either you score or they get an interception or fumble. That's it. You're, you're just not going to punt against the Chiefs. A, you're not going to punt anyways because when you punt, you give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, and he's capable of putting up 40 on you. And we 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 had watched that game. It was a very high-scoring game, 42-30, to 30, so it was on red zone a lot. You had looked at everyone in the room and said, why are the Eagles punting right here, or why are they kicking a field goal? Yeah, You're just giving Mahomes back the ball just to give them a two-possession po- two lead. The game is over right here. And it was. They stayed up by 12 points the entire time, and the game was over. Yeah, I think it was seven to seventeen at the point at that moment, and it's like you you can't kick the field goal inside the eight. You have to go for this. 
You can't if you go down 17 to 10, it's over. You're not going to stop them, especially if you don't have a good defense. And I don't think the Eagles defense is good. I think the Cowboys shredded them last week. They got shredded by the Chiefs today. And if you're going to let Ty, if you're not going to double Tyreek Hill, like you have no chance. That's the answer. You have to double Tyreek Hill. And if you want to give up 140 yards, you just basically say Travis Kelsey, you're going to have 140 yards. That's fine. You win. If you beat us that way, that's fine. We're not going to let you score in eight seconds with Tyreek Hill. You can't let him go off for 186 yards and three touchdowns. You just can't do it. But, I mean, the defense is so bad, and I get it. They can hang 40 on everybody, and I'm still going to put them out. I'm not changing my Super Bowl pick. No, I don't expect Because they can put 40 on anybody. It doesn't matter. They'll play that shootout style. They don't care. They know if they have to score in nine seconds, they can do it. See, where I'm looking at with the AFC right now is do the Chiefs have a good enough defense and a much better offense than the Bills to be able to shut them out and take them to be to win 42 to 30 like they just did the Eagles or even 42-40. Let's throw that number out there. I don't think so. I don't think their defense is good enough. I don't think that their defense is definitely not good enough to stop the Bills offense, and I think the or the Bills I think the Bills defense is good enough to stop the Chiefs offense. It's basically going to come down to can they turn you over? Can they get a can they get an interception? Can they stop you one time that way? That's basically what and like Josh Allen is a guy that will make a mistake. You know, you can trick him into making a mistake. He's not perfect. And that's what you, you know, like Tyron Matthews just gonna have to make something happen. And they're basically doing that. They're saying, We can't stop you, so any chance we get to just sell out and try to jump a route or whatever we can do, you know, if you run a post, we're gonna undercut it or we're gonna play over the top on it and try to pick it off. It is what it is. That's basically their version of getting you to punt. And, I mean, that works sometimes. We've never seen a team win a Super Bowl doing that. It's, you know, because it, it's so sporadic. But, I mean, look look what's going to happen. So, let's say let's say your Super Bowl prediction happens. Bucks chiefs You're not stopping the Bucks offense with that defense. Well, the, the Chiefs. The Bucks defense with their secondaries not stopping yeah. the Chiefs so, like, either. That's, that's best case scenario for the Chiefs. Like, I mean, the Chiefs are, are hoping right now that if they make it to the Super Bowl that Carlton Davis is out for the season and Anton Winfield is done for the season. Let's look at my side, the Rams. Do the Chiefs have a good enough defense to stop the Rams in a Super Bowl? I think the Chiefs could do some things against the Rams in a Super Bowl because, and we're going to talk about the Rams in a bit, the Rams really do rely on the big play over the top. We saw it yesterday. If they can't come out and hit a big play against you, they struggle to put like 12 play drives together. And that's a problem. Like you need to be able to put in the playoffs, especially the games slow down. They don't turn into these big high flying affairs. Like you, if you can't put together 12, 13 play drives that last seven minutes, you will struggle in the playoffs. You're you'll run into a team that can do that and they'll dominate the clock against you and your defense will be gassed. So I think they would be okay against the Rams. But a team like the Cardinals, which we're, which we're going to talk about you know, them yeah. in a minute, but a team like the Cardinals who is just daring you, they are daring you to throw it downfield because they are ball hawking and they're good at protecting a lead. That's the kind of team they'll struggle against because the Cardinals' offense is, is ridiculous. They just are. But I mean, the Chiefs' defense is a problem. They have to do something. I don't know if it's... Steve Spagnola needs to be fired or something. I I don't know if there's a trade out there. What's available? It's not even like they need pass rushers. I think Chris Jones and Frank Clark is going to come back. They're pretty good. 
it's almost like they just need like another safety or they need some kind of a linebacker that can kind of play some coverage. I know Jamie Collins is a free agent. I feel like if they tr- if they picked up Jamie Collins, he'd be big for them. But other than that, I don't know really what they can do in season. Yeah, I I'm not out on the Chiefs, but I am slowly falling down the ranks of the Chiefs being almost a lock as a Super Bowl. Being in the Super Bowl cuz beginning of the season it was like it's Bills or the Chiefs out of the AFC, but now there are teams I mean, say what you want about the Ravens. The Ravens are, are Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. And I think the only other one is definite Super Bowl contender right now is probably the Chargers. I'm glad you said the Chargers because if you were going to have the Ravens and not the Chargers, we were going to have a no, problem. No, right now I'd say it's yeah. Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, Ravens. Okay, those that's, are, that's fair. And then I, it's, it's those four in the Tier A. And I don't even know if there's Tier B. Maybe there's one there's other a tier, team in Tier there's B. There's a Tier B, but it would take like a massive upset for any of those Tier B teams to come out of it. Let's let's jump into the Cardinals and the Rams because I mentioned both of them. I'm just going to say it. Kyler Murray's the quarter season MVP right now. Are we good with that? Any 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 fight back n- on that? I have no no arguments. So the Rams are your boys. You you've you're riding them this season. What was your takeaways from yesterday's game? The Cardinals are legit. Uh they are they were not my my winners in that division. They were not even my number two in that division. But God, they should have been. Kyler Murray is is coming out as an absolute animal and doing whatever he wants with the football. He's like, all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it deep down the field right now and just let AJ Green catch this ball really fast. But then you're gonna want you're gonna expect the deep ball or even the medium ball, and I'm just gonna run it for seven yards and just just eat your whole entire defense away. And that's what he did. I, did Aaron Donald have a sack yesterday in that game? I do not know. I don't know that answer. Listen, I mean, this is what Kyler Murray is not. when he's healthy. He, he did didn't not even, have a he sack. He didn't even have a solo tackle. Oh, so it's, it, I mean, basically what they did was Chase Edmonds had 120 yards rushing. I think Connor had like another 45 or 50. Like, they basically said, okay, we're going to run away from Aaron Donald, make him chase. We're going to get your defensive line slowed down. We're going to set up play action. We're going to set up with the read option. They have, when Kyler Murray's healthy, they have a lot of different things they can do. They have really good personnel. Their offensive line is is vastly improved. Vastly. Their defense, their defense is the perfect defense to when you have a lead, they can play with a lead. They're not a defense that is going to stop you in a close game. It's the kind of defense when you become one-dimensional. Okay, we got Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. Those guys can just tee off on your quarterback. We got Buda Baker downfield. We have linebackers that fly all, all over the field. That They fly. Tevin, Tevin Collins and uh, Isaiah Simmons, two of the fastest linebackers in the last two drafts. They move. It's a fast defense. Everything that team does is fast. And I, I kept saying this with the Rams. They're not really playing anybody that has a legit secondary right now. I'm not saying the Cardinals have like a top-notch secondary, but when they get out to a lead, they can press you, they make you have to take chances, and they're going to beat you on those chances because Buda Baker is really good. He's really good. He's one of the best safeties in football. The, the Cardinals and the Rams are actually very similar when it comes to their offenses. As we've realized, Cardinals, when when trailing at the half, are, are typically a very inconsistent team and, and play very sloppily. 
And it's the same thing with the Rams. What's the statistic? Sean McVay is undefeated. He's undefeated when leading half. at half, yeah. and I think he's like three and twenty-five when trailing at the half. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know what that is for Cliff Kingsbury, but well, I can tell you that it's not good for Kingsbury, considering the fact that they've basically been a below five hundred club the last two yeah. years. The, but the Cardinals and the Rams are very similar teams. That game could have went either way. It was just the Cardinals showing out, and well, they jumped all over. Yeah, them. they they came right out and just bang, 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 right down the field, touchdown. And then the Rams started slow, didn't convert, bang, 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 another touchdown. Next thing you know, you look up and it's 14 nothing. you're like, oh, shit, we're behind. Yeah, and, and, and they did what every other team needs to do. They said, okay, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup is your favorite target. Not today, he's not. Well, he still had 15 targets on the day. Yeah, 15 targets, but only five receptions for 64 yards, no touchdowns. Limited. Yeah, they said, hey, throw it to Van Jefferson. Six receptions, ninety yards, and one touchdown. Or here, throw it to Robert Woods, who you haven't targeted that very. You haven't thrown very good balls to all year. Four for forty-eight with a touchdown, and that's the only way you're going to beat us. And then the they, run, the run game was was all right. Daryl Henderson had fourteen carries for 80, eighty-nine yards, but they just dominated the passing game. Matthew Stafford twenty-six for forty-one, two hundred eighty-two touchdowns and, and an interception. Like I said when we were talking about the Chiefs, the Rams live on hitting a big play. They. Everything they do is to try to set up a big play, and if they can't hit the big play, their offense will stall because they basically you're when you try a big play like that and you don't hit it, you're sacrificing a down. So now you've limited yourself, and they're not the best when it comes to they don't have the best win in man coverage kind of guys. They have zone beaters. You know, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods can kill zone. But you can jam them at the line of scrimmage, and everything that that team relies on is timing. And if you mess up their timing and they have to convert a third and eight, that becomes difficult for them. Do you, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Do you think Matthew Stafford is going through his reads too fast? So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think I can answer that question. So there's a few plays that I saw yesterday. There was one for sure in the second quarter where he looked at Cooper Cup eyed him down for two seconds, realized, okay, you're not open. Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, sack. Like, I, it, not even sack, but it's just let me try to force something. I, I think Matthew Stafford in this new offense, very, much better offense than the Lions had ever had for him, is kind of just like, all right, I'm going to find that one receiver like I only really ever had in Detroit, and I'm going to I'm gonna hyper-focus you, and everybody else is kind of just chop liver. If I see that they're open, I'm going to throw it right away. If they're not open, I'm looking away right away, which is a good thing for the most part. But when you have a good team like the Rams, their offensive line is very good. Old, Andrew Whitworth is old, but it's still very good. You had said it yesterday. Andrew Whitworth will be the second only player in the NFL over the age of 40. He's still able to compete on the offensive line. I think this is the rough period where Matthew Stafford still hasn't figured out that he has time to breathe. He needs to just let the game come to him. Like you said, stop forcing deep balls. Stop trying to make these miraculous plays in this offense. Let the game come to you and be the quarterback that everybody wants to see you be. I think it's funny. We, You, you were talking about this game on Saturday. And you, know, you, you two were talking about it. And I was kind of out in another room and I walked in the room and you know you guys are like ah oh, the Rams should win this game and I said hang on a minute the Rams just beat the Bucks anytime a team plays the Bucks it's like playing in their Super Bowl for the season because it's Tom Brady they just won the Super Bowl they're loaded you know yada 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 so they just beat the Bucks at home that's a big win for them they have the Cardinals 
on a Sunday afternoon game, and then they have to play Seattle on a Thursday night game. That is such a trap game on the Sunday against the Cardinals, especially a Cardinals team that can jump all over you and score a ton of points. Like, I think they overlooked the Cardinals, so I'm not going to jump the gun on the Rams and say that they have all these things they need to fix, but they definitely have flaws, and they hadn't played a team yet that it could expose those flaws because we just talked about it. The Bucs secondary was decimated. Like, it was decimated. They... They were relying on Carlton Davis, who in that game was even hurt. He had a he had a hamstring issue. So for them to play in that game and beat the Bucks, like yeah, but you were playing a banged up secondary. The Bears opening night, come on, nobody was beating the nobody was winning that game for the Bears. They had no chance in that one. Who did they beat week two? The oh the Colts. Yeah, the Colts who haven't been able to stop anybody basically all year until they played the Dolphins, and they still almost couldn't stop the Dolphins this weekend. So. You know, this was kind of the first real test they've had, and I think they overlooked the Cardinals a little bit. I, I don't think, think the Rams looked bad, so I, I I'm gonna give them a, a a thumbs up on. Yeah, okay, you overlooked the Cardinals. You know not to do it again. You play them again this year, but you still looked decent. I mean, Jalen Ramsey is still a lockdown corner as ever. He held DeAndre Hopkins to only 67 yards, which. I, some people are like, oh, only, but it's DeAndre Hopkins. He's the best wide receiver in football. There's not an argument. He's the best all-around receiver, and you have the best all-around corner. They still have Aaron Donald. I think they'll figure it out, but from what I noticed with that Matt Stafford rant I just kind of went on, he has still a few things he has to work on and kind of get used to with having a good offense with a good offensive line. All right, let's jump to the Cowboys here, and we don't have to spend a ton of time on this game because it really wasn't a game in the second half. It was close for the first two quarters, and again, Sam Darnold looked good in the first half, and he made a couple mistakes in the second half that ended up costing them. Cowboys got back to their old selves. Zeke, 143 yards on the ground, you know, and a touchdown. Tony Pollard was okay in this game. Dak, 188 yards and four touchdowns, took advantage of some short fields. Uh, I think you have something to say about the Cowboys' defense. I, I don't know. It's just me. Someone said they were losers in the draft for taking <laughs> taking this Micah Parsons guy. What a bag of suck he is, right? He's terrible. No good. Anything? Yeah. I uh I apologize to the Cowboys. They are they they aren't even like a very good defense. They are just animals back there. They are we, we saw a highlight right before we recorded it. I forget who it was it uh Randy Gregory Randy absolutely Gregory just, bulldozed an offensive lineman he decimated the, the left guard on the Panthers and just like he's like all right this offensive lineman's coming with me and then I'm just gonna grab onto Sam Darnold and fall it it was just nuts and then one of the corners of the Cowboys got penalized for Sam Darnold throwing a bad ball doing what Tom Brady said a lot of quarterbacks do setting their receivers up to get hurt nailed the receiver great play shouldn't have been a penalty in my opinion but it was they are just playing with like ferociousness of a team that wants to go to the Super Bowl. I have two things I have to say. The Cowboys defense is legit. I think three weeks ago you had asked me if I could see this, the Cowboys making the Super Bowl. I had said no. That answer is now a yes. I think they're the clear-cut favorites to win that division. I had the football well, team. Well, I mean, that's not yeah. even a question anymore. I had the that division is a joke. The football team's defense has been all but bad. It's what just, happened there? I mean, I don't want to spend any time they, on it, but what happened there? I don't know. They still have Chase Young. They still have Montez Sweat. They have Cole Holcomb. They have 
some great corners, some great safeties. Their middle linebackers are all right. But it's like you had Ron Rivera was like, all right, we had a good defense last year. Let's not this year. Let, let's just let's not and say we did and see if that, that'll work for us. And it's just not. The Cowboys have a clear path to the playoffs winning the division. I'm not going to say that it's going to be the easiest path to the playoffs because you're going to have to play the Cardinals, the Rams, or the Buccaneers at some point, or multiple of each, probably all three at some point if you're if you're unlucky like the Cowboys usually are in the playoffs. But the Cowboys deserve a lot of respect from me, and if I'm giving the Cowboys respect, you know that they, they at least deserve it because I do not like the Cowboys, primarily because of Cowboys fans, but also I just do not like the Cowboys. So I said before the season I picked the Bucks. But I was high on the Cowboys. I picked them to win the division, make the playoffs. I think I said they were going to go 11-7 and seven or 12-6, and six, somewhere in that range. I can't remember the exact record. If I was going to make a change to my Super Bowl pick, the Cowboys would be the change. I really like this team. If they're offensive, and th- there's a lot of ifs with this team. So, again, in four weeks when everything's different and the Cowboys are, you know, 3-5, and five, and I'm wrong whatever but here's the ifs offensive line's got to stay healthy now they're going to get Lyle Collins back in like three weeks that's going to be good they're going to get Michael Gallup back in week eight that's really going to help them Zeke's got to stay healthy he he's the key I said it before the season Ezekiel Elliott is the key to everything the Cowboys are going to do because if they can control the clock and have an explosive offense with a defense that just has to get a couple stops a game, which is clearly capable of it, and they can rush the passer, and they're going to get Demarcus Lawrence back at some point here, that's going to be huge. They're playing as a collective unit right now. Their special teams has to improve. They've missed some kicks this year. Zerline's been 75-25, basically, as, as far as consistency goes. I really like this Cowboys team. I don't think Mike, Mike McCarthy can coach a fucking lick. Kids show. I, I don't think he can coach at all. I really don't. I don't even know if he does anything. He honestly looks confused. Uh, the play in the Eagles game where it was, you know, they could have called a timeout on the punt and had like a minute and a half against the Eagles, and he's like standing on the sideline like, oh, wait, I can call a timeout here? Hang on, let me take 25 seconds to determine if I want to call this timeout and give my offense, which is going up and down the field on this Eagles secondary, a chance. Uh, and then you hear the, and then he hears the Jeopardy music play and decides, mm, no, Alex, I'm just going to pass on that one. No timeout. We'll just let the Eagles punt it to us. So I don't think he can coach at all. I think Dan Quinn's doing a really nice job with the defense. I think they had a really good job. Micah Parsons is the defensive rookie of the year. As much as I love Asante Samuel, as much as I've been loving what he, Micah Parsons is going to win defensive rookie of the year. I'll, you can lock that in right now if you want to lock it in. He's going to win it. It's that's over. I have no arguments. Like he's changing the defense. Turnovers are contagious. Like once you get once you get turning the ball over on defense, it just keeps happening. That's something that happens with teams. It's weird like that. I don't know. They're good. I think they're really good, and I think they're going to have a shot to go. I think they're actually going to have a shot to go to the Super Bowl. They have to stay healthy on the offensive line. If if they lose any of their offensive linemen for an extended period of time, between. Ty Smith, Zach Martin, their center, any of them, they're so in trouble. This is this is probably if the Cowboys make the playoffs. Assuming that the Packers, the Packers are probably going to be the one or the two seed. The Bucks could probably be the other, or the car, whoever wins in the. 
the Cowboys are probably going to be the four seed going into the playoffs. Three or four, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they're, wrong? they're probably going to be between two and four. I don't know if they'll get the one. They have an easy schedule. They do have an easy schedule. It's not difficult. They should be able to beat up on some bad teams. So, you know, that's that's hard to determine. But I would say if that they need the one seed to kind of be able to almost lock in a Super Bowl. If they get the four seed, I don't think they can make the Super Bowl because they're probably going to have to play whatever team came in second in the NFC West. And whether that's the Rams. So I would say the one team they have to avoid is the Rams. Okay. I don't think they can beat the Rams because I think Aaron Donald just absolutely destroys their offensive game plan. And um, and Jalen Ramsey takes away whatever one of the receivers you want. So that's a tough matchup for them because their whole ability is to be able to run behind Zach Martin. And basically what you do is you say, okay, we're going to line up Aaron Donald on Zach Martin. And we're just going to take that away from you. And that's, I mean, that's such a weapon. That dude is ridiculous. So to be able to just like take Zach Martin out of the game, that would change that. For some reason, the Cowboys always struggle against the Rams and Sean McVay. So I think if they can just avoid the Rams in a playoff here in a playoff run, they would have a chance. I think they can beat Tampa. I just think they can beat Tampa. Like if Tampa's not going to be healthy this season and it looks like they're not going to be, because, I mean, that's the thing. You just catch the injury bug and you're snake bitten all season. And that's season the problem and, with being Tampa, having everybody come back this year. Is, well, they had everybody was healthy last yeah. year. And now it's like, okay, well, you were healthy last year and the gods said no. You're just not going to be healthy this year and it is what it is. I think they can outscore Tampa. They have the weapons. to do. They're probably the only team in the league that actually does have the weapons to outscore Tampa. I mean, they have three legit receivers. They have a top five running back in the league. They have a top five offensive line. They have a top ten quarterback. And I think their defense is, you know, is good enough. I, I, I think they're I think they're a real threat. Let's move on though. Uh we'll we're gonna do we have two or three more topics. Real quickly, we're just gonna do this two seconds. I just wanna say the Giants played well yesterday, and that was a big win for them to go down to New Orleans and get that win. Saquon looked really good. Uh he only had fifty two yards rushing, but he was really effective in the pass game. Daniel Jones, really efficient. Uh, had a couple nice runs to really move the ball in the fourth quarter in overtime. Defense played pretty well against Jameis and Taysom Hill, for that matter. Even though he had two rushing touchdowns, they held Alvin Kamara in check. Really impressed with the Giants yesterday. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I, I agree. Daniel Jones, 28 for 40, 402 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. What more can you ask for the guy that his entire fan base has kind of either been calling for his head or kind of giving him piss-poor attitudes for his entire career? Nothing more you can ask for him. It's kind of a big kick in the ass yeah. by the Giants fans. Kadarius Tony six catches, eighty yards. That was that was impressive. Calvin Galladay finally showing up. Yep. It's, yeah, he had one hundred and twenty-one yards, I think, one hundred and twelve yards. Something like that. dyslexia is kicking in there. It was a very very good performance from what everyone thought was going to be a very lackluster team that could potentially be a bottom three team in the NFL this year. Yeah, that was that was a big win. They they put that together. Um, jumping from that game. I think I'm just right on Baker Mayfield. I don't want to toot my own horn on that, but that game yesterday was pathetic on his part. They won the game, but like he missed Odell, who was wide open on the sideline for a thank, touchdown. Thank, by the way, this isn't a fantasy podcast, <laughs> but Baker Mayfield, I know I was rooting for you. 
Fuck you. Thank you so Kid much show. for missing Odell Beckham Jr. on that on that pass. We will talk about that tomorrow because I am so grateful it won me my week. I, he's just not accurate. I'm sorry. Like, he's yeah. just not. And I, I know you like him more than no, me. And I don't even like Baker. Like, this, this, stati- this fantasy statistic, I said we're not going to talk about it. If you don't listen to the fan- fantasy podcast, we have a bet rolling of Matt Ryan versus Baker Mayfield. Who will be a better fantasy quarterback? I have Baker. He has Matt Ryan. That does not mean I like Baker Mayfield. I like the Browns team as a whole, and I've said it. If Baker, the only reason the ba- the Browns would make the Super Bowl is if Baker can be a legitimate quarterback because they have the weapons around him. You've said it numerous times. If Baker, if they don't make the Super Bowl, this is it. Like they can't. If Baker can't make it with this team, he'll never make it. It, this is just the best possible team you can have around it. We've both agreed the Browns have a top three all-around team in the NFL. It's not even a question. But I mean, they held the Vikings to seven points yesterday. The Vikings, who have been going up and down the field on everybody all season, they held them to seven points, and you were able to manage 14? Are you kidding me? And the, one every, of them was a pick six, yeah. and one of them was a rushing touchdown by Kareem Hunt. Right. Like, he's just so inaccurate. He makes bad decisions as far as if the play isn't scripted, if he's not in a situation where just everything goes right for him, he doesn't have an answer. And I just, I cannot, I cannot put any faith in a guy on that kind of a team to win anything. I'm just, he's just not a top 15 quarterback. He's just not. He, I don't even, he's not top 15. I can go down the list and we're not going to do it right now. But I can give you a list of 15 quarterbacks easily better than Baker Mayfield. I, I, it's close. I, I'm not going to argue with it because I don't think we need to talk about it right now. But it, it'd be close, and I can make a list, and we can discuss it for a little bit next podcast like, if you want to. You, you're telling me that if you put – let's just use Matt Ryan for an example. Put Matt Ryan on the fucking Browns. Kid show. Kid show, yeah. But put Matt Ryan on the Browns. You think they couldn't score 28 points yesterday? I mean, are you ser- are you kidding me? It's – I'm just so out on him. They're going to pay him this massive contract, and I think that is such a mistake on their part. I, I think it's a mistake. I would not pay him anything more than middle-of-the-road quarterback money. Like, whatever Tom Brady's making right now, he can't have more than that because Tom Brady's taking a pay cut. So we're definitely not going to give you more than that guy who's taking a pay cut. Yeah, not going to happen. Let, let's compare Matt Ryan and Baker Mayfield yesterday. Um, football team definitely has a better defense than than the Vikings, correct? Or, it's close. I, the Vikings are solid. They have some good players. So, Matt Ryan, 25 of 42, 283 yards, four touchdowns. Okay? Very good day. A, a very, very good day. Baker Mayfield, 15 of 33, 155 yards. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that's just like 11 rushing yards. That, that That's what you can Oh, yeah. That. Throw so that in there. I mean, that's less than six all-purpose yards. That's below 50% completion percentage. I don't know what his QBR was or his passer rating, but the QBR definitely wasn't above 40. And the passer rating probably was below 60. So, I mean, it's just not good. It's not good. And, like, they have the block punt against the Chiefs. Okay. it's But who else have they beaten? They don't have a solid win on the year, in my opinion. I don't think they're very good. Honestly, right now, if they played the Bengals, I'd take the Bengals. I think they're, the Bengals are better than them right now. And it's weird to say that, but 
I trust Joe Burrow a hell of a lot more than I trust Baker Mayfield. Well, they have a tough schedule coming up. They got the Chargers next week, Cardinals the week after, the Broncos defense the week after that, the Steelers defense the week after that, and then the Bengals surprisingly good defense the weekend after that. And I think they play the Patriots like two weeks after that. The next week after that. Yeah, the next week after that. So like, their next six games are going to be a lot to prove for Baker Mayfield. They're all against like top nine defenses. Yeah, and they're home. I mean, they're home for four of them. Or no, it's an even split actually. Three and three. They're home against the teams that kind of matter: the Cardinals, the Brown, or the the Cardinals, the Steelers, and the Broncos. But like the Chargers could be three and one after tonight. The the, the Bengals are yeah. what third, second in that division as of right now. No, they're leading the division. Are they? The Bengals? I, are? I believe the Bengals lead the division because oh. they have a division win. Yeah, they have you're the right. Steelers the win, Steelers so win. yeah, they'd be leading the division. And I then mean, the Patriots defense that just almost beat Tom Brady at home. So who the last time Baker Mayfield played against the Patriots, he had four interceptions and two fumbles on that day. So look, I, I don't want to spend any more time on it. I've ripped on Baker enough. I feel like I'm the Colin Coward of you know the sports world. I just I, I just I can't get into Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry. If I was the Browns organization, I'd be drafting a rookie quarterback this year. I, I would. Last topic before we uh, jump into some rookie rookie topics. Real quick, I think Urban Meyer should be fired. Fired. Today. What are you doing, dude? You, you, you get a shot in the NFL with the best quarterback prospect you've seen in years. And everyone knows how I feel about Trevor Lawrence. I still give him all the respect he deserves because you went number one for a reason. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Why are you not, A, why are you not riding home with your team after Thursday night? That's unheard of. And I don't want to shout out another podcast, but if you listen to the Pat McAfee show, he went off on Urban Meyer today. He said in his entire career of playing football, the coach has never stayed behind. If the coach stayed behind, the team was most likely staying behind for whatever reason. And then you get caught out in a bar with with a girl that isn't even your wife and she's posting on her Instagram story talking about how I don't know if it was a joke I'm going to take it as it wasn't it was, a it joke it was not a joke that it was not a joke she didn't know who this guy that was hitting on her annoying her the entire night was and then that video of him groping her at the club whether it was consensual or not doesn't matter that can't come out in your first year of coaching in a team that's looking to rebuild it can't you, happen as the head coach of a national football team you cannot be a distraction for your team. You should never have to fucking go to a podium on Monday morning and say, I had to apologize to my team because I had bad actions in, in the public display. Are you kidding me? A coach that, and we're not even going to talk about the game plan, but that game plan against the Bengals was pathetic. Thank God that Trevor Lawrence played the best game he's played as a pro because when I watch you execute the same play on the one-yard line four plays in a row, and it failed three times, so why don't we try it another time? What's that? What kind of coach? This isn't college football. You don't have better talent than the other team. You have the worst talent in the league. You can't run the same thing four times in a row and expect any difference. That's the definition of insanity. And, and you he- were... Go ahead. And Go you ahead. were you were shown to be unprepared to have this job. You came into it after week two. You walk up to Vic Fangio. This is like playing Alabama every single week. Well, it's not because these teams that you're playing against are three times the team that Alabama is right now. And Alabama is a very very good team in college football. Most of the teams have three Alabama players on them. We went through the the Patriots last night when they announced their offense. 
Uh, Mac Jones, Alabama. Damian Harris, Alabama. That's it. But let's go look at their defense. Christian Barmore, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Dante Hightower, Alabama. Like they have two other Alabama players on their defense. That's like, just the Patriots. Yeah. In what was it? Last Monday, Nick Saban was on. Yeah, last Monday he was on the. He yep. said, as his count, he has thirty-seven active starting players on NFL teams right now. That's not. Well, that's counting, at least one a team. That's not counting bench players or practice squad players. That's ridiculous. So yeah, it's like playing Alabama on crack every single week. And then say what you want about Adam Gase and Matt Nagy. Those coaches have never. Hey, just, Matt Nagy won Coach of the Year. I'm not even gonna put him in that conversation. Say what Matt you Nagy want. was a coach of the year. I hate Adam Gase. Adam Gase should be blackballed from the NFL. Never pulled shit like that when he was coaching the Jets, or any team for that matter. Never happened. I'm not saying the Jags would rather have Adam Gase over Ur- Urban Meyer right now, but fuck Urban Meyer. Kid show. What are you doing to, to your team that is looking to rebuild? You have young guys. You have James Robinson, a second-year undrafted running back that is shining. You have Travis Etienne out with an injury coming back next year. Trevor Lawrence coming out and playing his balls off against the Bengals. LaVisca Chenault is a young wide receiver. DJ Chart, all of their wide receivers are young, barring Marvin Jones. What, he's 28, 29? I think he's 30, actually. So it's just what what are you doing as a coach in the NFL, and what makes you think you deserve your spot? If I was the Jags, fired today. All right, before we jump into the rookies, let's just take a quick break just to catch our breath and maybe not get kicked off of National Airways for going in on Urban Meyer any farther. All right, we're back. We are we are ready for our rookie report of week four. Better week. A better so, week, we saw improvement. Week one, two, and three, we kind of just gave a, a brief explanation of what the quarterbacks did and our thoughts. This week, Garrett had the idea of... Why not throw some ratings out there? Some on an A to, a to F scale for all five of the rookies. We're not throwing in Davis Mills because they didn't score a single point. That's an F minus minus. Mac Jones, really want it. Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. All right, well, let's start with Trevor. He had the Thursday game. I, I thought that Trevor played his best game despite Urban Meyer. I... He made some big-time throws. He lost DJ Chark, who's done for the year. That's going to be tough for them to replace. I I was really impressed. They finally ran some read option. You know, they no turnovers, only had one sack. My my letter grade for Trevor Lawrence was a B plus plus. That's what I'm giving him. Okay. <laughs> I uh and, and actually it's probably a low end B plus plus. I can't give him an A. An A means you won the game. And you were really good. I gave Trevor Lawrence a B. I don't have much to explain other than what you just did. I liked what I saw. I wish the offense did a little bit more to win the game. But overall, this is Trevor Lawrence's best game in the NFL so far. Say what you want about the Bengals. That defense has looked very good. It's way better than what every anybody had ever expected coming into this year. And what the Bengals have, have brought out into the field with their defenses with the prior years. Um, let's go into the number two pick, because I don't really have much more to say about Trevor. Fair it, enough. It kinda yeah. just, he showed it for himself. He had very good throws. The number two pick, Zach Wilson. Uh, his best game by far in the NFL. Yeah, easily. This far easily. The season. I liked what I saw on the field. I will also give him a B. 
I liked what I saw out of both the number one and two picks. They came out. They did what they needed to do, showing why they both went where they went. Zach Wilson had very, very good throws as a quarterback, showing why his arm was touted as one of the best arms in this draft. He had a very, what, 60-yard touchdown to, yeah, to he, Corey Davis. Yeah, the big one. That was the big throw he had. He rolled out. And he directed um, the field on that one. That wasn't a design streak. He said, all right, I have time, Corey Davis. Run a streak. You have the safety beat. I'm just going to toss it to you for a touchdown. Here. Yeah, that was, that was an impressive throw because he rolled out right and then reset and threw the ball over the top. Oh, he beat the two. Um, I gave Zach Wilson a B minus. Look, it, he, he made five. I think he had five really impressive throws. He still made a really bad interception. I mean, the interceptions are just half of them are like, okay, I guess I understand what happened there. And then the other half are just head scratchers. Like, man, what the hell are you looking at? See, the interception that he had, I didn't see the entire route. I it, almost he threw the wrong no, ball. No, I, I, yeah, it wasn't close to the receiver. But I want to know. I wish I knew, like, oh, why did you throw the ball where you did? Was he supposed to break to the right, or did you just forget the route that he was running? Even so, it was a bad interception. He he still has four or five plays a game where he just throws it into the middle of the field on broken plays. And he's got to learn to check it down. I say it every week with him. You cannot survive in this league trying to make home run plays when there's nothing to be had. And he made a couple home run plays. That Tennessee defense is terrible. It might be the worst defense in the league. It's it's really bad. They, they can't cover anybody. They can't stop the run. They can't their secondary is awful. They have no pass rush. So, look, he looked impressive, but I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. It was not against anybody good. You know, they play the Falcons this week. Their defense is hot and cold. It can be kind of good. It can be kind of not. We'll see what happens there. So, B- minus for Zach Wilson. Again, that throw he made to Corey Davis, and then he did have the other touchdown pass, which was a really nice throw too, but that one, we talked about it when it happened. I said, look, that's... 85% of the quarterbacks in the league could have made that throw. He rolled out to the left, reset, and then threw to an open receiver, basically. Like, the, the receiver didn't have anybody within eight yards of him. It was like, okay, like, 80% of the quarterbacks in the league can do that, you know? So that one, it's like, okay, it's flashy, but it wasn't an impressive throw. It was just, yeah, it's a big-time throw, whatever. But, again, he looked good. I, I'm not going to say he looked bad. I think he looked good. Still taking it with a grain of salt. He needs to learn how to check the ball down. All right. Uh, let's go into the number three pick, Trey Lance. Didn't get the start, but came in due to a Jimmy Garoppolo calf injury. He is injured. He is uh, we, injured. We thought it was nothing, but he is going to miss two to three weeks. So it is a legitimate injury. We were talking about it. Maybe this is a, oh, he's hurt. No, he's actually hurt. Yeah, as soon as it got announced that Jimmy G was out, we both looked at each other and said, all right, this is the time where everybody in the Niners said, all right, Jimmy, you're hurt now. And everything's going to be all right, but this is Trey Lance's time. And it was proven I don't think Trey Lance was ready. I don't think it was his time to come in. He was forced in due to injury, so you can't blame how he played and being forced into the game. But his whole stat line is boosted by one fluke 75-yard touchdown to Debo Samuel, who was wide open on the right side of the field. Not a single cornerback safety near him it was just broken coverage by the Seahawks and 
and it was Jamal Adams too to make it even better. The the safety that isn't really a safety that I've that I've always said. But so take that away. He has seventy five yards and one touchdown. He still threw nine for eighteen. He was fifty percent on throws. I wasn't impressed. I gave him a C plus. So if you take that touchdown bomb away, his passer rating goes from a one seventeen point one down to a seventy six point five. So if you just take that play away, his QBR also drops from a thirty nine he had a thirty nine QBR. That drops down into the low twenties without that play. So I'm giving Trey Lance a D minus. He was not wow. accurate. He missed a lot of throws. I he missed Ayuk on a slant route. There was nobody within six yards of Ayuk and he missed him high. Like how do you miss that throw high? He throws the ball way too hard. And he was my favorite quarterback coming out. I said, this is the kid. He has to sit. He's not ready to play. He needs to sit for a year and learn. Kyle Shanahan's the perfect perfect person to teach him. But he's not ready to go. And, you know, for him to get thrown into that fire yesterday against Seattle, they're, you know, and then all of a sudden their kickoff guy can't, you know, handle the kickoff for whatever the hell that happened. I, I don't even know what went on in that guy's head yesterday. But, you know, it was a tough situation for him to get put in, but... At the same time, like he wasn't ready to go, and you know, he missed a lot of open throws. Nine of eighteen is not good. That is not good. That's not going to cut it in this league. That's worse than Cam Newton's, you know, bad seasons. So, you know that that's just tough. D minus. We'll move on to the next. You know, he's going to start this week. We'll see what happens. Justin Fields. Um, I don't know what to say. Tough game to evaluate. Yeah. Because was, they, they just were able to run all over the Lions. I went C+. You know, he got, you got the win, so you, I can't give you any lower than a C in a win. I gave him a B-. minus. Okay, I think that's a little high. So I, I messed up. I put Trey Lance at a C+. I accidentally pressed the plus button and not the minus button. That was on me. So, like, last second I just said, oh, I can't rate Justin Fields lower than Trey Lance. So I just have B-. minus. Realistically, he doesn't deserve to be in the same ranking as Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance are the latter. So, yes, he had a C. I wrote B-. minus. That's on me. He looked way more impressive than he did in Week 3. Way more. I. That was just the Browns' defense sacking him over and over and over again that ruined him in Week 3. This week against the Lions, 11 for 17, 209 yards. He had an interception. But as you said, this was a very heavy run game. David Montgomery had 23 carries for 106 yards and two touchdowns. After he got hurt, Damian Williams came in, eight carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. There was just no room for Justin Fields to really do anything with the passing game. I need to wait another week to see more. But they got the win. He led the Bears to a win. I'm happy with it. So ball security still an issue. Had a fumble, was able to recover it. Had an interception. It was a bad interception, not a good one. You know, I, I can forgive some interceptions. There are some that are unforgivable. It was unforgivable. One sack on 24 dropbacks, uh, 11 of 17, completing 209 yards, whatever. 82 passer rating and a 74 QBR. You know, I mean, three carries, nine yards. Like, where's where's this 4-4 speed? I'm not seeing that yet. Um, You know, it, just like you said, hard to evaluate, but... There's a lot of work, you know. The Lions have basically found ways to shoot themselves in the foot in four games now. They should have been able to win this game, and then you have snaps going off of Jared Goff's ball sack, basically. And, 
you know, that's just a mess. But, I mean, they like you said, they were able to run all over them. It basically made it so that Fields didn't have to do anything. So, yeah, I mean, C-plus, that's, that's the most I'm going to give you. you. You don't get to basically do nothing all game and get more than that. Like, he didn't do anything. He had, he, he had one really nice throw to Allen Robinson on the boundary. That was it. I mean, other than that, there was nothing that was of any notable mention to me that I can remember. Yeah. Um, and out of the number 15 pick, Mac Jones, the best quarterback, rookie quarterback thus far this season. We already talked about the Bucks patriots game, but Mac Jones with the depleted secondary of the Bucks and the absolute brutal front four of, of the Buccaneers was able to produce almost beat the almost beat the bucks at home. I give him a B plus. I'm going to go back to my Trevor Lawrence score, uh B++. I can't give him an A. You got to win the game to get an A. Um I couldn't have been more happy about him last night. Ran the offense. The interception he had was, you know, he was getting hit as he threw it and he just kind of threw it up there. It got tipped, whatever. Not a good throw, but it still could have been caught. Like, Aguilar should have come down with it or deflected it away, I, whatever. Look, he's, he's running the offense the way they're calling it. They're not forcing it downfield. I would like to see him throw it downfield more. I think that they need to try to get Nikhil Harry some jump ball opportunities because that is really what he's good at. He hit Jonu Smith three or four times tonight, or la- tonight, last night on some good throws. Hunter Henry looked good for him. He, he's hitting the open guy. He's just finding him, hitting him, getting the ball out quick. That's what I like to see. B++. Good. That's his best performance so far. Easily his best performance. All the rookies basically had their best performances this week. I mean, other than Trey Lance, which hasn't had anything to compare to. But, you know, that's... I, I don't want to pile on. I've already said my piece about Mac. I fully expect him to be the best of these five because of the situation that he's in. Want to talk about Najee for a second? Yeah, sure, you can You can do Najee. Uh, this was his best game rushing-wise thus far. He act- They actually got him involved and were able to produce. He was more, or it was less reliant on the passing game, but it wasn't really necessary with how the Steelers were performing. Najee had 15 attempts for 62 yards and a touchdown, his first rushing of the season, and six receptions on seven targets for 29 yards, 90, 91 yards total and a touchdown, Finally, finally, the Steelers are doing something other than just pass the ball to their first-round rookie running back, who I'm finally starting to turn around and say, maybe it was a great pick. Maybe that was the right pick. Maybe offensive line. Maybe. I'm not switching over completely yet. I was still upset with the pick. I think there were better options we could have made, but at least we're doing something right with the pick that we had made. I will take it. That's the only thing I have to say. There were really no other big rookie performances if I'm not mistaken. No, I, look, the receivers, I don't really want to talk about the receivers. Devontae Smith was pretty good. You know, Jamar Chase continued his touchdown pylon. And Jalen Waddell has Jacoby Brissett, so you can't really say much about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I really just wanted to do the quarterbacks. There was That was the only thing of note for me today. The defensive players we talked about already. Um, bring us in. The best segment in sports podcasts, the Flaming Five wins of the week. Uh, update from last week, I am now leading 15-12. to 12. Garrett still has the Chargers-Raiders game tonight to go. 
So depending on how that goes, I'm either up three or two. And I'm only up three because we have the first score guess of the season. I guessed the Packers over the Steelers. I had a 27 to 17. The score was 27 to 17. Just give me the award for the winner right now. I'll take it. I'm just going to throw that out there. So I am no longer allowed to pick Saints games. <laughs> I am banning myself from picking in any game that the Saints play in thus far for the end of the season. It will not happen again. They have burned me now. I am done with them. I'm going back to the Vikings well, which has also burned me twice this year. So we're going <laughs> to see what we can do with that. So I'll kick it off. I've got Vikings over the Lions 24-13. to 13. Uh, I have the Patriots... Winning on the road against the Texans, twenty-seven to thirteen. So I also have the Patriots over the Texans, twenty-four to nine. I have the Cowboys winning at home over the Giants, twenty-four to twenty-one. Also have that game. I have a little bit more of a shootout there. I have thirty-three Cowboys, twenty-one Giants. I have the Cardinals winning at home, thirty-four to twenty-eight wow, over the Forty ers I'm glad you copied all of my picks because I have the Cardinals over the Niners. 28 to 13 and this is where it gets rough this is where i'm i am making some very ballsy picks because i have to i uh i can't pick the bucks this week because i picked them last week so i have the rams winning 70 or 27 to 18 against the seahawks on the road i am pulling so hard for the seahawks on thursday night now not only will i now have tyler lockett on my fantasy football team but i need the seahawks to pull that out for me I have the Buccaneers over the Dolphins, 36-17 to 17, to round out my picks. I need that one to come through for me. I can't afford that to take a loss there. I'm really banking on some of the teams that I liked at the start of the season. I mean, I'm actually banking on three teams that I really like to root for. I got Bucks, Pats, and Cardinals. And then I have the Cowboys in there, who I've been backing since the draft. And then I have those goddamn Vikings. Why am I picking the Vikings? They've burned me twice already this season. Why am I picking them? So uh, my fifth pick, I, uh, I'm not very confident about. It's actually probably going to come back to bite me in the ass. I hope not. I chose the Falcons beating the Jets at home 33-31. to 31. I, uh, Yeah, I'm not happy about it. Not one bit. It, and if I'm losing after this week... This might be the last week you hear from me. I might just quit the podcast and the segment as a whole because I'm going to be pissed that I have to have to just pick that game in general. I think that's it for this week. I don't know if you have anything more. I'm looking for forward to week five. Um, look, we got Saint or not Saints. We got the Chiefs and the Bills on Sunday Night Football next week. Colts Ravens Monday night. Colts Ravens. You know, uh, Cardinals play the 49ers we got the Seahawks and the Rams like we just talked Some about great primetime games so far this season it's been it's been such a good season we've all been looking forward to it the rookies the CT teams in general Matt Stafford going to the Rams we've had some great offseason transactions and it's it's living up to living up to the the hype that everyone gave it and we love to see it our first year for first full year of an NFL season Actually, first year of an NFL season in general. We started after the Super Bowl last year. So 
we're, we're, we're loving this. This is great, great topics for a podcast to start off with. We are, we are so lucky and grateful for the season that we've had so far. So as always, guys, check us out on Twitter at Highly Undisputed. That's Highly Undisputed without the E. Our individual Twitters are in the bio. Send us an email at HighlyUndisputed247 at gmail.com. And just, you know, share the podcast around. Check us out on social media. Follow us wherever we are. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Go look at the tweet that I had sent out on my individual and the the podcast Twitter this week about the Steelers. It was great. It was about Matt Canada saying that the Steelers offense is going to stay the same. And I had said, just go look. Go look for yourself, and you'll, you'll have a good laugh. I laughed typing it out. We'll see you guys next week.